working. So finally, we got it working. Huh? So very good afternoon to all, huh? brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Today is the lesson 13, huh? 12 of May 2019. We will be doing the sharing of the cultivation of the Bodhisattva way, huh? following our transcript book. We are at page 78. So today is Sunday eh, at Wuping Ching Sun. Okay, let us get ready for Puja. Eh? Compose your mind, develop the faith, Sada, Virya, then mindfully we shall commence the Puja chanting. Namo Pensu Sutia Monifo. Namo Pensu Sutia Monifo. Namo Pensu Sutia Monifo. Namo Quansi Pusa. Namo Quansi Pusa. Namo Quansi Pusa. Namo for Pusa. Namo for Pusa. Namo for Pusa. Arahang sama sambuto bagawa Budang bagawantang abiwatimi Suakato bagawata damo damang namasami Supatipano Bhagavato Sāvaka Sāngo Sānghāng Namāmi Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Samasambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Samasambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Samasambuddhasa Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang saranang gachami Sanghang saranang gachami Dutiyampi putang saranang gachami Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gachami Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Tatiyampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Panati Patao Eramani Sikapadang Samadhyami Adina dana veramani sikha padang samadhi ami Kamesu mecha chara 
เวรามณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิโมสาวดาวเอรามณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิสุราเมรายามาจาปามาดาทานะเวรามณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิสาดุสาดุสาดูเลสเปย์โฮมิสจุโอเคขอบคุณทุกคนที่มาในเร็วนี้มีคำแนะนำนะวันศุกร์จะเป็นวันหยุดนะดังนั้นพวกเราจะถูกคัดสรรโดยการสแกนหน้าจอในวันหยุดนะดังนั้นพวกเราจะถูกคัดสรรโดยการสแกนหน้าจอในวันหยุดนะดังนั้นพวกเราจะถูกคัดสรรโดยการสแกนหน้าจอ All the v i s a celebration. So we break for one week. Okay. Page 78. Section C. Bodhisattva Way Special Puja dated 26 of April 2016. The third sharing. C1 is introduction. Very good evening to all brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Tonight, 26 April 2016, is a very auspicious night because we are going to hold a special puja to commemorate, to commemorate our second of January 2015 commencement date of our Bodhisattva aspirations and vows. So that all those who have the condition to be here can also benefit from it, as long as you have the faith and sincerity, and you are committed to improve yourself and your cultivation, to develop this proper dharma understanding, then you have the condition to be here, and there will be no problem. Don't worry about what people say or what your thought tells you. Forget about them. This particular aspiration and vow will help you develop the cultivation and help you plant the seed of bohi, resulting in the bohi mind planted deep within your nature, so that in future, when you have to come or choose to come, this bohi mind will manifest even during era. When the Buddha Sasana or dispensation is no more, it will still manifest. That is the power of the Bodhi mind. So once you make strong, sincere, 
determination, with faith and understanding to go this way, then you decide on the first step to plant the seed of Mohi, to go this way, to take the vows. Then your nature becomes different. This Bohi seed that is being planted will result in the Bohi mind that is firmly established within your nature. And it is this Bohi mind that will continuously manifest because of your determined vow that you have done with sincerity, faith and understanding. So faith, sincerity and understanding are very important. Okay, we continue. Paragraph 2. It will remind you of your aspiration and vows and the cultivation. As these vows and aspirations are very powerful and magnificent, that's the reason why we make these aspirations and vows. So that we can have this right understanding life after life whenever we arise. Hence, this particular ceremony of taking the three sets of pure bodhisattva precepts together with the right aspiration and the four basic vows of the bodhisattva will be very beneficial to cultivators, especially those who have the sincerity and the faith. You only need to have the faith and the sincerity to aspire to go this way. Like what was stated in the WhatsApp message I sent out earlier, there are five stages of Bohimai development to cultivate the Bodhisattva way. And all this involves the Bohimai. After you have planted the seed of Bohi, the first stage of Bohimai development or step, which is to develop the aspiration to walk this way, to commit yourself to take these precepts and vows with understanding has been established. So the first stage is relatively easy. I will explain the understanding part later because these four basic vows will help you develop a lot of wisdom and understanding, love and compassion leading to the perfection of renunciation, wisdom, etc. To enable you to complete this Buddhahood cultivation to realize Samasam Buddhahood. What you need are just faith, sincerity and perseverance. You don't have to be smart. You don't need to have good past, etc. What is more important is this life. You have the condition to make this aspiration, vows and commit yourself to plant this seed of Bohi so that this Bohi mind planted can be nurtured grow, mature, and bring forth the causes and condition for you to have the understanding, life after life, to continue the cultivation. This is the most important. So please, don't listen to what other people who don't understand tell you or say. Last week, Tuesday, I had already read out to you what Master Sun Yen said. 
You have got nothing to lose but everything to gain by going this way, because this way is so beautiful. They can help you do away with the mark of a self and egoic mind, the self-centeredness of an individual walking this way and striving to realize enlightenment. When the Buddha says strive on with mindfulness or heedfulness, he is not asking you to have the craving to become enlightened. Strive on with heedfulness means to work hard, to train your mind to develop the heedfulness. After you have the heedfulness, enlightening the here and now is guaranteed because the Buddha said under Dhammapada verse 21, the heedful never dies. So this is the meaning. It doesn't mean you have to strive when you meditate. No, you strive on with faith, sincerity and diligence to train your mind to have heedfulness. The moment you are heedful, you are ever mindful, and then you can understand many things, and the cultivation will come to fruition. The noble eightfold path will be understood. Then we can fulfill the four basic vow with understanding. Later on, I will explain more on all this. Then I think we had the special puja at that time. Huh? So I just read through it, then I will skip some of those that are already understood. Huh? We shall now prepare ourselves for the special puja. Compose your mind to develop the faith sada leading to the virya. Then we shall start the puja offerings. Now you all can stand mindfully and form a line. You can face each other if there are too many of you. We are on time. One more minute before the commencement of puja at 8.10 a.m. Miss Lee, do you have anything to offer? Come, form a line. Compose your mind, develop the sada, virya, and the joy within. And then we will commence the puja offering. We will start off with the offering of the tray of clear water, incense, and candle. And then we all rejoice, eh? sadhu, 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 until the end of puja offering. Hmm. Then the puja chanting commence. Eh? So I read here the first two lines. You can be seated, compose your mind to develop the spiritual faculty of sadha, virya. Then we shall mindfully commence the puja chanting. So the puja chanting is the same eh? from Mahayana to Theravada. Eh? Then we chant the salutation to the Buddha, salutation to the Dhamma and the Sangha. Then we also take refuge in the. Uh, Triple gem, huh? take refuge in the triple gem. Followed by renewal of precepts. Then we chant the Padipa Puja, all the various offerings. Then we make aspiration based on our understanding and the, of the significance of all this Puja offering. So that one we have gone through. Huh? So page 81 to 82, we will skip. So we have gone through all this. Eh? Significance of offering of light, significance of offering of water, significance of offering of incense, significance of offering of fruits and flowers. Then we make 
overall aspiration. Okay, after we make the overall aspiration, last paragraph on page 82, there is a note there. This one is important. You must understand it. These five spiritual faculties are very important for cultivation and I will elaborate on it in more detail later today so that you all can have the understanding and ability to walk the path of Buddhahood or Bodhisattvahood with greater ease. Once your five spiritual faculties are established, your meditation and cultivation will become like automatic and very easy. After that, you don't have to worry anymore because you will progress all the way. Then together with your today's understanding and sincere determination or affirmation, aspiration and vow, it will plant the great seed of Bohi for the Bohi mind to take roots firmly within your nature so that this Bohi mind will manifest itself whenever you have to come or choose to come, even though it's just the beginning journey of walking this Bodhisattva way for most of you. But you all need not worry because the way is not that difficult when you understand. You just have to aspire with deep faith and sincerity to walk this way diligently. And the first stage for establishing that Bohi mind will be firmly established and that by itself is very important and very powerful. The reason being, without this Bohi mind being planted, this way is as good as non-existent. You just cannot walk it because without the Bohi mind, you cannot even develop the understanding of the way. So that Bohi mind, the enlightenment thought, to walk this way is very important. That's the reason why we have to develop this understanding. Because the Bohi mind not only nurtures your spiritual nature, but it also brings forth the causes and conditions for you to walk this way with understanding. So this one is very important. Eh? Then later on, you will understand how all these vows can help you to develop great wisdom, understanding, and help in the perfection of all virtues. To finally develop the wisdom needed to severe all the section and develop the sincere love and compassion to take living beings across. All this you will come to understand then you will make very strong aspiration so that line after line when you have to come or choose to come, you will always have this true Dhamma understanding. After that, you will commit yourself to understand this rather important right view so that life after life, whenever you arise, you will not go the wrong way. You will not make any more mistake. Then after that, you will understand the significance of all these four basic vows which you have taken on on day one as you walk this path. Following the notes I sent out, 
There are five stages involved in the Bohimai development leading to the perfection of Samasambhadahud. You don't have to worry about them because the first stage is just to aspire to walk this way. This alone is going to give to bring forth tremendous benefits. After that, when you have the faith, sincerity and perseverance, to start to develop the actual cultivation of understanding. Then the second stage will come about. The second stage is quite easy. When you are able to severe and endure all suffering and affliction of a section, it means you have developed the requisite wisdom. Then you can develop the perfection of renunciation because all of the suffering comes from attachment grasping and once clinging to the five aggregates of form and mind. You can severe all suffering and perception. It means you are able to develop the wisdom not to be deluded by this phenomenal world so that you will not grasp, cling or hold on to them. That's the reason why you will have the ability to renounce all the worldly things and yet you can still live in this phenomenal world with understanding. You can use them when there are conditions for them to arise. All these are great understanding leading to great perfection. Then after that, you can cultivate the third stage. We are realizing your true mind or Bohi mind, the Buddha nature. All this will follow as you cultivate the four basic vows. Because when you vow to penetrate and understand all Dhamma in whatever manner, the limitless way to truth, and you vow to cultivate them all, to realize them all, as you do this, you will realize the enlightenment and your nature will shine forth and become very different. Then after that, you can liberate your mind to relinquish or renounce samsara and you will not attach anymore. Then you will walk this way with ease to cultivate the fourth stage to develop the perfection. The tenth perfection <coughs> to become Samasambuddha. Then the fifth stage is of course the consummation of the final realization of all wisdom and virtue. The perfection of all the ten paramitas or perfection leading to Samasambuddhahood. All this can happen because of the first seed of Bohi planted today. If you don't plant the seeds of Bohi to arise the Bohi mind or Bohi Chitta, Bodhicitta in the Tibetan trans, uh, tradition or the enlightenment thought to go this way, to perfect the Bodhisattva way to become Samasambuddha, then it is impossible to walk this way. This is the seed that will mature in you, so that in future when you come, even without the Buddha Sasana, you can still have the understanding to walk this way. That's the reason why earlier on I say, don't miss this window meaning to plant this bohi seed so that in future when you have to come 
or you choose to come. Even without the Buddha's asana, that Bohisit that has been planted will manifest and your nature will know and you will connect and you will recall and you will be reminded of these vows. Because these vows are like your precepts. Out of love and compassion for you, the Buddha introduced the precepts so that your karmic nature will not fall, so that you will know how to avoid all evil, do good and purify the mind to develop the wisdom. But the four basic vows go beyond that. They will help do away with your self-centeredness, the egoic mind that wants to be enlightened, and that strong ego or sakayaditi, which is very difficult to root out. The pitfall that can hinder you from going this way is your conditioned thought or thinking, which will tell you many things. That this way is so long. Are you sure you can do it? Then what happened? Fear arises, and that's the reason why you can get into trouble. Wherever there is fear, there is delusion. The thought is not you. When you understand that this five degree of form and mind are just a vehicle and a tool for you to come, to do your work, to perfect your cultivation, to develop your karmic nature and your spiritual nature, then you will understand according to the Diamond Sutta's teaching. Thus you will be able to cultivate without the mark of a self, etc. That's how the ego can be watered down and finally eradicated or rooted out through these four great vows, cultivation. Because you come from the living being, it's not about yourself anymore. You vow to save the limitless living being and take them all across. Then you vow to severe all suffering and all vexation so that you will have the wisdom to produce renunciation. Sorry so that you will have the wisdom to cultivate renunciation, so that you will not hold on to anything, no matter how precious or how dear they are, because they are all conditioned arising phenomena, hence not real and not what you think. Paragraph 2, page 85. Then you will vow to perfect all wisdom so that you can have the ability to help all living beings and cultivate them all across. We are doing the work of a bodhisattva. This is how you can become different. You will understand many things. Then you can teach. You can share because you are no longer self-centered and egoic. That's the reason why the Bodhisattva way is very unique, very different, and very beautiful. Then the last stage 
of this cause, the consummate perfection of the ten perfection. By the time you finish the first three of the four basic vows, you would have developed a lot of perfection. The first vow will develop love and compassion. The second vow will develop renunciation and wisdom. Then the third vow is perfection of wisdom. When you perfect your wisdom, you will know how to make aspiration, aditana, and all those affirmations. Then your nature or generosity parami is sorry. Then your dana or generosity parami is always there because you only give. There is no self involved. Hence, technically, you never want anything and you never take anything because you understand everything is just condition arising, cause of the normal. And all this will become very clear to you as you go through the cultivation. That's the reason why it's all about love, compassion and wisdom and renunciation. Then regarding all the other perfection of virya, generosity, satya or truth, you will automatically know how to perfect them because you will know it's never worthwhile to lie to people, to cheat, to deceive or go against all these nature's spiritual laws that governs life and existence. All this understanding are very beautiful. Now we will continue with the seven puja aspiration on sharing of merits and transfer of merits to all beings. So after that we finish. Yeah? Then next page, the invocation to the Deva, we also finish. Then we chant the salutation to the Buddha Dharma and the Sangha. Yeah. Then after that, we, page 87, eh? we actually chant the Great Compassionate Mantra followed by the Heart Sutta. Okay, after that, we come to section 4, C4. Briefing prior to the taking of the Bodhisattva vow. Yeah. This part is also very useful. Eh? So we will go through it. Okay, up to here, do you have any question? Is there anything you want to clarify or add on to? Yeah? Don't have, eh? uh, Don't have, then we can continue. Mm. I have a drink, eh?
Okay, C4, page 87. Briefing prior to taking of the Bodhisattva vows. Now I will do the briefing before we take the Bodhisattva vows. Precepts or aspiration and the four basic vows. I will guide you along. This book, The Method of No Method, came last Sunday when Sister Yun Chan had an appointment with me. She was so kind as to take me and my wife for dinner. After that, she told me she went to Taiwan. She followed the tour organized by Tsuchi, English section. But this time, she went to visit Master Sun Yen's Fafu San again. Then she brought back two books. One of the books is this book with the title, The Method of No Method. And she said, just like Brother Theo's teaching on method never defines the meditation. For those who don't understand what is meditation, they will believe that the method, sorry, the meditation method do define the meditation. Yeah. So out of curiosity, she brought back this book. Then she passed one of the books to me. That's the reason why he never used the word meditation. He said the method of no method. So this one is a book by Master Sun Yan Fa This one is Fa Ku San one, the author. He's an expert in meditation. When you meditate with a method, it means you don't understand what meditation is. Method is just a skillful means with some instruction to train your mind. She asked me, Bratio, do you want to read this book? The title is so interesting and she passed it to me and initially I thought it was about meditation. But it turned out to be a retreat conducted by him in 1990 at the Afar branch in New York, USA. This book became a bestseller and is indeed a very beautiful book. He taught silent illumination, which was the meditation that he learned all those years. His silent illumination teaching is in fact quite similar to what I teach, except that I use another word or name to describe it. I call it the silent mind in pure awareness. Then he used the word silent illumination. I always said, meditate with the silent mind with clear awareness within. He also knew that silent without illumination is samatha meditation. Later, I will read to you, then you will understand. So here, illumination to Master Sun Yen is awareness. Without illumination means without awareness. You can follow. Yeah? I write it on the whiteboard better. So, Master, Sun Yen. He, he taught, taught silent, silent 
illumination. So here, illumination means you have the awareness within. So silence without illumination is samatha. Understand? When you are silent without thought, in the state of calmness, that itself is samatha, where it's not a free mind. Without illumination, it is not a free mind. So this one is silent with illumination. With illumination. Uh, then it becomes awareness. Okay? Then Silent without illumination. Is Samatha. So this one, Samatha, means not a free mind. Imply not a free mind. Yeah. So this one is actually a conditioned mind. That's why when it's a conditioned mind, it cannot develop the wisdom. Because the mind that is conditioned uh, will have the energy field that will suppress the five mental hindrances. So this mental hindrance is suppressed. It cannot come out. And because it's suppressed, it cannot come out. It's like you are enlightened. You have you clarity have of mind, you have you calmness, have peacefulness. peacefulness. Your, mind Your mind is like very still, no movement at all. But it's very dull. There is no awareness at all. It's like statue, one-pointedness in absorption, energy field. So this one don't have illumination, samatha. You are not aware. That's why you cannot develop the wisdom. You cannot understand things. Because everything is locked into one point, cubed into one point, suppressed. There is no movement at all. Yeah. And this is what jhana is all about. This is what one-pointedness concentration is all about. 
this is all energy field, psychic. Yeah. So he used this word silent illumination. Whereas for me, I use the word the silent mind. The silent mind is a free mind without conditioning. Silent means without thought. Here means relax, aware, and without thought. And this is also a free mind. And when you have this ability to meditate with a silent mind, you will realize your true mind. So through this, you will realize your true mind. This is what we think mentioned as no thought. So this is Wu Nian. It takes you directly to your true mind, but it is a free mind. That's why that mind is silent, aware, but not in concentration. It's a free mind. It can stay silent because it has understanding. It has wisdom. Otherwise, it cannot stay that way. Your mind can never be silent unless it has understanding. Understanding may not be the very deep wisdom yet. It's just an understanding. Your natural state of mind without thought is your true mind. So don't do anything. Let the mind settle down. And for this to happen, you need the five spiritual faculty. You need to have the five spiritual faculties. To overcome to overcome the five mental hindrances. That's why this five spiritual faculty is very important. Just now we went through. Eh? Without this five spiritual faculty, the mental hindrance will be there. Then you cannot be in the meditative state. That's why to have the silent mind, you need to have this. The spiritual faculty develop. Yeah. Otherwise, you need to train this mind. Yeah. 
So all the method and technique is just a skillful means to train this mind in sati, then you have to stabilize it until the mind enters sati, realizes sparsity, the tranquility of mind or stillness of mind. And that is the silent mind, the meditative mind. That's why the two teaching is the same. But he used the word silent illumination, which is also a very good word. Means your mind must have awareness, illumination. You must be aware. You must not be just dull. Means that mind locked into one pointedness through energy field. Means control, suppression. You kill everything into one thought. And that thought that doesn't move because of the energy field, it makes you very calm and very still. Then you say, I got no thought. Who say you got no thought? There is a thought inside that. That thought say you have no thought. So that's why it's not a free mind. So this part is very important. So I will read on, then you will understand. Page 87. Uh, the section C4, third paragraph. Huh? That's the reason why he never used the word meditation. He said, the method of no matter. When you meditate with a method, it means you don't understand what meditation is. For method is just a skillful means with some instruction to train your mind. She asked me, Bratio, do you want to read this book? The title is so interesting and she passed it to me and initially I thought it was about meditation. But it turned out to be a retreat conducted by Master Sun Yen in 1990s at the Farkusan branch in New York, USA. This book became a bestseller and is indeed a very beautiful book. It taught silent illumination, which was the meditation that he learned all those years. He learned from his teacher. Yeah. His silent illumination teaching is in fact quite similar to what I teach except that I use another word to describe it. I call it the silent mind in pure awareness. I always say meditate with the silent mind, with pure awareness or clear awareness within. He also knew that Silent without illumination is samatha meditation. Later I will read to you what he writes. Then you will understand. Illumination is awareness. You must have the ability to be silent with a free mind, with full awareness in the midst of your daily life. And that type of samadhi is the real one. Not the one that sits like a statue and has no illumination. Illumination doesn't mean you see light. Huh? Sometimes the word make you think that illumination refers to light. Huh? No. It means clarity and awareness within. It can live life, it can understand things, and it can awaken to the truth. It is not in absorption, not in one-pointedness concentration. 
Then there's another part which he talks about, the Bohemian, which was what I wanted you all to develop the understanding on. But I didn't expect this topic to come so fast. At first, I thought, I will teach you all stage by stage. Initially, maybe just to let you understand the importance of planting the seed of Bohi to develop the Bohi resolve to walk this way. Then only I will slowly teach you all the other things. But then this book came in the nick of time. When I read it last night, means referring to 2016 April, eh? I was full of joy because the part on the Bohemian is very beautiful. Then I decided to photostat the book for some of you. But before I send it for photostatting, I used my handphone to WhatsApp the three important pages for you all to read first. The five stages of Bohemian development to realize Samasambuddhahood is clearly listed in those pages, eh? page 39 to 41 of that book. Eh? So that book, I think, quite a number of Kainimita have them. Eh? Yeah. When you take the Bodhisattva vows, the first stage of Bohemian development is to aspire sincerely to walk this way so that the seed of Bohi is planted deep in your consciousness. Is this first step very difficult? Yeah? It's very easy eh, to aspire on it. Then is there any danger in doing that? There is none. That's why a lot of people who don't understand, they simply go and comment. And I tell you, Without them realizing it, if they do it without understanding, the karmic obstruction can be very severe. That's why you simply go and say this and create a condition for people to avoid, then in future, you will have the karmic obstruction which is so strong. You can never have condition to receive them. A lot of things will happen. So I repeat this. Eh? Is this first step very difficult? Is there any danger? There is none, isn't it? So forget about what these people tell you. Those who don't understand, they put fear into people. They say, don't play play. Taking the Bodhisattva vow is a serious matter because it involves aeons and aeons of cultivation, meaning the ego is there. Delusion is there. And the fear that arises is from delusion. And these people who say all these things are not much different from those rigid Theravadian Buddhists who doesn't believe in the Mahayana teaching. And they go around telling people that Mahayana teaching is not the real teaching. If you do this and put fear in all these potential experience who wants to walk the Bodhisattva way to plant the seed of Bohi, then do you know what will happen to you? You will be obstructed, coming obstacle from receiving this Mayan teaching for many, many lives to come. That's the reason why recently there were at least two or three Kaimita who came and talked to me on this matter because of what they have heard and read from other sources. They say going this way is very dangerous because a lot of things you cannot realize and do. And there are a lot of restrictions too. Some even quote the Sutta. 
Then a lady say, I'm not ready. I don't have this type of quality or parami. Then I reply, please do understand that all these are the thoughts telling you. This is not wisdom. What have you got to lose by making all this aspiration and taking the four basic vow? Does it cause you any problem or harm? Or it only benefits you? All these are very simple inquiries. And the four basic vow didn't even say you cannot do this and you cannot do that. It's no different from taking the precept. Except now, you vow to an understanding which is even more beautiful. So, I will give this book to those who have the understanding, condition, and affinity to receive it. Yun Chan, you have the original book, isn't it? So, you don't need a copy. Yeah. Then Yun Chan replied, I don't know where I misplaced it. Means the original copy also missing. Yeah. But I think finally she must have found it. Yeah. Then I asked, anybody, anybody saw, saw the original, original copy of, of Sister Yun Chan? <laughs> then <laughs> we, we had a joke. Huh? Wow, wow, Sister Yun Chan, fantastic, fantastic, isn't it? Dharma book also can let go already. <laughs> With this, I will commence the actual sharing. So that is the background behind. So the actual sharing is Section 5, C5, Cultivating the Bodhisattva Way. Those who can see their oneself can refer to it while I read it out the part on the five stages of Bohemian development. This book is based on a meditation retreat conducted by Master Sun Yen in the year 1990. There were two parts to this, this retreat. The first part was conducted by Master Sun Yen himself. And the, and the second, second part, part, he based it on a very famous Zen, Zen master, master, or Dharma master. master. I think pronounced as Hong Tzu, if I'm not wrong, eh? teaching. Hong Tzu's teaching. He, he liked this Dharma Master. He learned from this Dharma Master. Hmm. It seems Hong Tzu is the second generation disciple of Master Hui Neng, the sixth patriarch. These are very beautiful teachings. So this master that he followed, Sun Yan, is the direct descendant from Hui Neng, Liu Zhu Hui Neng. That's why his teaching is also very good. This master Hong Si taught the silent illumination teaching or meditation. I think Master Sun Yan must have learned from him. Both are very beautiful sharing and teaching. I like this part, the fifth day sharing, when he spoke on the topic, arousing the Bohemian. Now I'll read to you. So you listen. Eh? To have the Bohemian or Bohichita is very important. In the Tibetan trans tradition, you always hear them using this word, Bodhicitta. So, Bohi is enlightenment, Chitta is mind, so enlightened mind. Hmm. To arouse the Bohi mind means, sorry, 
to arouse the bohi mind. Yeah? Bohicitta means to arouse the bohi mind. Bohi means enlightenment, just like the bohi tree means tree of enlightenment. Do you remember when we were in Taiwan about two or three years back? I think a lot of Kayanamita went with us. Even Brother Suyan's mom was also with us. We went to this temple, Chong Tai Chan Si. What did the abbot, who was over 90 years old, told us? In the booklet he wrote, he said he built this way place not to become famous, not to become a monument for tourists to come and visit. Do you know what his main intent was? He said, millions will visit, will come and visit this place every year, especially those who have the affinity. He only need to have at least one of them after they come and visit. They can feel, recall their past and renew their seed of Bohi or plant the seed of Bohi to walk this way. See? Those who understand, they will know. Or those who have the affinity can develop the faith when they are here. And they somehow got the condition to decide to plant the seed of Bohi. He said that single wholesome thought of Bohi is very important. And if even only one living being among the many that go that way finally realizes Samasambandahun, then all the money and expenses and the hard work they do is already worth it. This is how cultivator of the way will understand all this. That's the reason why they will do a lot of these wholesome things. We were there at, that, at their temple and it was so beautiful. We were so fortunate, they even invite us all to go up to the very top level of the pagoda, which was about seven or nine story high. And that special Buddha Rupang, which was housed inside it, I think is the Yao Sufo Medicine Buddha. And we have the opportunity or chance to go to the uppermost floor to see. And they even took us to all the rooms to see all the other beautiful Buddha Rupangs and relics. The energy there was so soothing and so good. When we were there, our faith, sorry, when you are there, your faith will be enhanced. And this is what he meant by having the condition to plant the seed of Bohi with faith to walk the Bodhisattva way. So all this happened because of condition, because of affinity. Only living being doesn't understand. But for those who walk this way, cultivate all this, they can see the sign, they will understand. That's why it's meant to be. All this will unfold. To have Bohi mind is to arouse the altruistic mind of enlightenment. Do you know what is the meaning of altruistic? Altruistic means doing something without expecting anything in return. And you can do that. It means you are very beautiful in your understanding. You just want to help without any expectation in return, which means you do it for others, service above self. So an altruistic mind of enlightenment is really beautiful, where you just want to help people develop the understanding and the wisdom leading to their awakening and do things for the good of the many. 
devote your service for the welfare of the many. Then he said, without the Bohi mind, one can at best liberate oneself or practice worldly samadhi. Uh, this is very important. Here he is referring to the sainthood way. So I mentioned that this is very true. That's the reason why if you don't plant the seed of Bohi and walk this way, at best you can only liberate yourself or practice worldly samadhi. The samadhi in which one still has attachment. Do you know the meaning? This is what he meant by thought-based meditation. Because the self is very strong. The sakayaditi, self-delusion. The self-striving, meditating, doing all these things. So he said, if you do this without the bohi mind, meaning the enlightenment thought, which is your true mind, if you don't meditate with your true mind, if you use your mundane mind or thought to meditate, then what happened? One can at best liberate oneself, meaning you think there's a person to liberate and practice worldly samadhi. So when you base it on thought-based Dhamma knowledge, do you know what type of samadhi you will have? You may think you have that you have got the Dhamma, and you may also think you have the samadhi, but in fact, sorry, but the fact is, you still have attachment. That's the reason why he said you practice worldly samadhi, the samadhi in which one still has attachment. Therefore, the Bohi mind is the foundation and the primary focus of all Mahayana practitioners who walks the Bodhisattva way. Renunciation means disavowing attachment, fame, self-benefit, worldly attachment, or clinging. As our interest in worldly phenomena diminish, our self-centeredness also diminish. That's why you must be able to renounce everything. You cultivate without the mark of a cell because you come for the living being. That's the reason why all this attachment, they will go. Then what is renunciation? Renunciation is to renounce all those things that are not real, so that you don't deludedly attach, cling and hold on to them. And he didn't explain this part, because to him, he assumed others should understand. But the deep meaning is in the final summary of the first noble truth of suffering that the Buddha expounded or proclaim. What is the final summary? What did the Buddha say? He said, in short, it is due to your self-delusion that condition you to cling, grasp and hold on to the five aggregates of form and mind. The upadana khandas, the five grasping aggregate, that is the cause of suffering. That's the reason why craving is the cause of suffering. Because when you grasp, cling and hold, you have craving. You want things your way. You believe all these are real. Your fame, your reputation, your form and mind, your physical body, your attachment. You cling to your possession, your wealth, your loved one. All this you hold, including the phenomenal, your property, your wealth, your business, and everything else. Do you think you can own anything? Your prized possession or antique, etc.? Even your own beautiful wife, cars, 
spouse, and all these things. When you understand attachment is the cause of suffering, then you will understand why you must cultivate the opposite of attachment, which is renunciation. You renounce the world, the phenomenal world. You renounce all that which is unreal, condition arising and dependent originating. So that's the reason why, when we took the vow to severe oversection and all suffering, we are cultivating renunciation. You cannot renounce. You cannot be free. Whatever you hold will entangle you. When you can cultivate until you can endure and severe all suffering, it means you have no more suffering, no more attachment, no more clinging, no more grasping, etc. That's how renunciation can be perfected, and renunciation is also one of the ten perfections to become a Samasambhata. But the Theravada tradition only teaches one particular type of renunciation. What is that? So to them, renunciation means going forth to become a monk. You renounce the world by shaving your hair and taking the monk's precepts or uh, the monk's patimoka. Eh? And there is only one path of renunciation. And they call it kaya vivika or self or physical renunciation. Physical renunciation means you renounce all of your possession, your loved one, all physical things. But your mind, your thought, your ideas, your views, your opinion, etc., you are still holding on to them. Because your clinging and because of your clinging and your grasping, they are so strong. That's why the true renunciation is when there is no more delusion, no more suffering. The reason why you vow to endure all si to endure and severe all the section and suffering is to develop this type of wisdom. It is not non-attachment. It is wisdom that leads to renunciation of everything that is unreal. That is the real renunciation, and you have to perfect that. That's how all these vows can lead to all this perfection. The second basic vow of a bodhisattva to endure a severe oversection or suffering is not to ask you to just endure suffering. No. Endure with wisdom and then severe them all so that in future they will have no power over you. That's the reason why you cannot hold, cannot cling, cannot grasp. Hence, no need to let go. Who let go? Only those who cling and grasp need to let go. Without this vow, you cannot develop this type of wisdom and perfection. Then you vow to liberate and take across all living beings. How are you going to do that without love and compassion? That's why you must have love and compassion for the living beings. Because you come for the living being, out of love and compassion for them. And this is the mind that you need to enable you to come for rebirth. You no longer have delusion because as a bodhisattva you have cultivated long enough. Most of them are already enlightened. Since they have the ability and their mind has already realized bohi, so technically they don't have to go through rebirth anymore where there is no more avijja or ignorance. 
at the point of death of Parinibbana. If they cannot take normal rebirth, then how do they come back to the conditioned world? They come back through love and compassion. They pull out this pure mind through their vows. That's the reason why you have to take the Bodhisattva vow. This vow will trigger off the pure mind of love and compassion to take rebirth via a form and mind through their karmic nature which is still there. That's how they come. That's how they can come. Without this, they cannot come. The first vow is to cultivate love and compassion. This is pure virtue, pure mind state, without greed, hatred and delusion. Hence, no delusion. Yet it can still come because it needs a mind to come. Ultimately, we are the cultivation. You will know that there is no one, no mark of a living being, etc. So is there any living being to say all this? But the conditioned world's law of karma recognizes living being. That's the reason why there is suffering within the conditioned world. There is this noble eightfold path. There is all age, sickness and death, birth and enlightenment, etc. But as stated in the Heart Sutta, in true emptiness, all these do not exist. That's the reason why the Bodhisattva's wisdom is different. Their understanding is different. And their cultivation is also very different. After you have love and compassion, you develop wisdom via the second basic vow to endure and severe all resection and affliction through renunciation. Then no more attachment or delusion to cling and to grasp. Then the third basic vow is to perfect and penetrate all Dhamma, meaning cultivation of the perfection of wisdom, prajna paramita. That's how from there you can develop the wisdom to perfect the ten perfection which is the last basic vow of the Bodhisattva, to realize Samasambuddhahood. Then each and every one of us who walk this way, our nature will be different. Then we can add in, then you can add in your other vows that are unique to you, just like what most Bodhisattva has done. Those vows are under miscellaneous vow. Later on, I will explain in more detail this miscellaneous vow to you. You will have to move on a bit faster. The analogy here as given by Master Sun Yen is quite good. Master Sun Yen said, If a boat is filled with rock, and if more and more rocks are piled onto it, the boat will eventually sink. Similarly, when our self-importance and self-centeredness Attachments are extremely heavy. The burden of our suffering over section can sink the boat and we will be unable to sail into the ocean of wisdom with ease. Why is it called the ocean of wisdom? Because life itself is your greatest teacher. You don't have affliction because you have clarity of mind. You have, you have virtue, virtue love, love, compassion, compassion wisdom, wisdom and renunciation. Then you then can, can sail, sail freely into the ocean of wisdom, wisdom which is samsara, or life, life itself. itself. 
So this one is clear. So because life itself can teach you a lot of things. Yeah? That's why life itself is your greatest teacher. So if you don't have affliction because you have clarity of mind, you have virtue, love, compassion, wisdom, then you can sail freely into the ocean of wisdom, which is samsara or life itself. Uh, that's why you don't carry all those burdens with you. A true renunciation, our resection are lightened or severed. The boat can sail smoothly. It will become pranya, the boat of wisdom, carrying us to the other shore. So all this is what the cultivation is all about. To have compassion means sacrificing oneself for the benefit of others while simultaneously lessening our own self-attachment and delusion. Some serious practitioners tend to have more and more of the mind of renunciation and less of compassion. This is also one-sided, according to Master Senyan. They like to practice alone and prefer not to have responsibility. This is a kind of escapism. That's the reason why a lot of cultivators enter the forest and end up becoming hermit. If they cultivate in the forest, then later come out into life to perfect or test themselves, then it is beautiful. They live alone and then they develop their own cultivation. The real meditation is life itself. So you cannot run away from life. It's as if every time the cultivator have problem, what do they do? They go for retreat, right? We have seen a lot of these people. They will say, I think I must go for retreat. Well, the world is crazy. I cannot survive in this world. I cannot live in this world. If the Buddha is like that, then he is not the Buddha. He is the Buddha because he is always at peace, whether in the world or out of the world. That's the reason why if you cultivate until you cannot tolerate society, you cannot tolerate the daily life problem, you cannot tolerate so many things, and you become so sensitive and so miserable, then you better check your cultivation, because definitely that is the wrong practice, not the Buddha Dhamma. So you have to be careful, like what Master Sayyan say, this is a type of escapism. The same attitude occurs when that person wants to enjoy the good things in marriage, but not willing to take responsibility. They want to have the nice moment, honeymoon, etc. But after that, the responsibility to raise the child and all those other things, they don't want. So this is Master Senyan's analogy. Then he say, on the other hand, he said, happiness. Sorry, on the one hand, he seeks happiness, and on the other hand, he avoids responsibility. Do you think the quality of the noble Sangha of the Buddha is... Oh, sorry. Do you remember the quality of the noble Sangha of the Buddha? They are of wise conduct, of good, and dutiful conduct. They are very, very responsible. Yeah. Etc. That's why they hold on to their duties or responsibility with regards to the law of karma and other nature's law that governs life and existence. That's the reason why they never neglect their duty 
of good conduct, of upright conduct, of wise conduct, and of dutiful or responsible conduct is the order of the noble disciple of the Buddha. And these are the marks and virtue of enlightened beings. You don't have these qualities, then you have to check your cultivation. Apart from sincerity and trust, a good marriage must also have both component of happiness and responsibility. The same applies to Bohemian. It is necessary to have compassion as well as renunciation. Renunciation is wisdom, ability not to cling, not to hold, can renounce anything, no problem. Give me a minute. Huh? I need a drink. Yeah. Even this moment, the breath can stop, also no problem. Because this form of mind is just a conditioned arising entity and it's not what you think. That's why it's impermanent. If you grasp cling hold, it leads to suffering. And because it's impermanent, it's not a permanent unchanging entity, it's not you. That's the reason why it's non-self empty not what you think. So this is the important understanding one has to develop when one cultivates the Bodhisattva way. Then Master Sun Yan says, Wisdom is not attained by wishing, but by decreasing the self-delusion, self-attachment, and your suffering or perception. So you cannot wish for wisdom. The other the way, way to, to say is wisdom, wisdom cannot, cannot be taught to you. You, you have you to realize, realize it yourself. I cannot, I cannot make, make you wise. wise. You, you have, have to realize, realize it yourself. Mm. I, I wish I will be wise one day. I wish I will be enlightened one day. Who is wishing? The thought wish. But the thought cannot realize. That's why Master Sayan say, you have to cultivate to reduce sakayaditi or self-delusion, your suffering and your perception. You have to cultivate virtue and wisdom. To this end, we generate the Bohi mind through renunciation and compassion. If we have renunciation without compassion, we will reject the world and develop negativity. If we have compassion without renunciation, we will be attached to the world with a seeking mind. So compassion and renunciation are inseparable in the Bohi mind. You must have love, compassion, renunciation, and wisdom. When you renounce, it means you are not attached. If you don't cling, it means you have wisdom. That's the reason why the perfection of renunciation is the cultivation of wisdom. So compassion and renunciation are inseparable in the Bohimai. Together they are called the they are called the Bohimai. The four great basic vow of the Bodhisattva are very important. When the Bohimai is founded on renunciation and compassion, the practice and cultivation of the Bohimai rests on the four great vows. That's the reason why we chant each day. 
I vow to deliver the innumerable sentient beings. I vow to endure and cut off all suffering and vexation. We should change the word to this nature of mind, vow, instead of I vow, to master the limitless approach to Dhamma. And finally, this nature of my vows to attain supreme Buddhahood to the perfection of the ten perfection to be a Samasambuddha. To fulfill the first vow of delivering living being, we also need the second vow, which is to eliminate our own perception or suffering while helping others to be free of theirs. Because if you can't overcome your own perception and suffering, how can you liberate living being? You can't even solve your own problem. That's why they come together as a pair. You must develop the wisdom to endure and severe all perception. You must learn different ways to help living beings. And that is the reason why we vow to study and master the different approaches to Dhamma so that we can be effective. Otherwise, you cannot teach. Then how come this nature of mind, this life can teach? Everyone is so different. So do you think it's easy to teach? If you don't have that kind of understanding, you cannot teach. Because everyone is so different, so unique, and their comic background, etc. And everything else is so different. This is the third basic vow. As this task is being fulfilled, you will also cultivate to become a Samasambuddha, which is the fourth basic vow. We begin by dedicating ourselves for the benefits of living beings. And only at the last vow do we aspire to realize Buddhahood. Therefore, while the spirit of Bohi is renunciation and compassion, eh? page 40 of the book, the body of the Bohi mind is fulfilling the four great vows. So the spirit of the Bohi mind is renunciation and compassion. Eh? Then after that, the body is to fulfill the four basic vows. In fact, the four great vows and bodies renunciation and compassion and renunciation is actually wisdom to be able to renounce you need wisdom for example the vow to deliver living being is love and compassion but we can only accomplish this by renouncing sakayaditi or self-centeredness and self-delusion before we can renounce our own perception, endure and severe them all. But it's only with love and compassion that we can truly liberate living beings and relieve them from their own suffering. Thus, the four great vows are actually expedient way to accomplish these three great qualities of the Bohemian, which is love, compassion and renunciation or wisdom. Some will wonder how can they fulfill even the first of the four basic vows. They will say it's hard enough just to practice for our own enlightenment. This is the thought saying. However, one should see the vow as statement of intention, not promise to achieve something by a certain time or day. The vows are not necessarily meant to be accomplished in one lifetime. Rather, the vow gives us a long-term direction and a sense of dedication. 
Step by step, we gradually fulfill the vow. What you need? This is not mentioned in his book. Eh? It's your faith, your sincerity and perseverance. Unless we generate the four basic great vows, we should not consider ourselves Mahayana practitioner or cultivator of the way, who walk the path of Dhamma to become Samasambhadya. The Zen practice is basically Dhamma cultivation. When we cultivate in the spirit of the Bohimai to fulfill the four great vows via Zen meditation, it is no different from normal Dhamma practice. Where we also establish a goal and a direction, we walk towards this goal according to our own pace, and we walk on this path towards our destiny, guided on the path by renunciation and wisdom. We will have the wisdom to help others. We have talked about the four noble truths, the three marks of existence, the Bohimai and the four great vows, and we have learned how to sit in silent illumination. The purpose of all this is to terminate affliction, meaning sufferings, self-importance or sakayadity, grasping and clinging. We do all this so that we will be in a better position to help others. We use the above essential dhammas, cultivation and wisdom, to cut off perception in ourselves and help others to do the same. In so doing, we realize renunciation and compassion which is none other than the Bohi mind. That's the reason why when you are no longer deluded, you don't cling, you don't attach. Because you have wisdom and that's also the reason why you can renounce all the illusion. In the Avatamsaka Sutta or the Flower Ornament Sutta or Hoyan Singh, there is this phrase, when the Bohichitta or Bohima is generated, one ultimately attains Buddhahood. That's why you need to plant this seed so that it can arise the condition for you to be reminded of this cultivation, vow and understanding, life after life. This is a teaching of awakened mind. Entering the path of Buddhahood, arousing Bohima, may be much or it may be little, but it is an accomplishment. You may not fulfill this path completely, but you have at least gained a strong footing or foothold. And you are certain to attain Buddhahood in the future. In that sense, one attains Buddhahood when Bohichitta is generated. Someone who gives rise to Bohichitta and also vow to benefit all living beings is a Bodhisattva. Okay, we stop here. Okay, we stop here. So this is page 97. Today we cover quite a bit. Okay. It's almost 430. Yeah, exactly. Almost 430. Do you have any question? If you don't have a question, then you can have your meditation. I will set the alarm for about maybe 40 minutes or 
silent meditation. Okay, we off the light. And someone off the light.
can slowly, mindfully, come out of your meditation. Try to maintain whatever inner peace, inner calmness, and inner awareness that you have trained or developed for as long as you can. These are the mind states you need to develop the daily mindfulness, to stabilize your daily mindfulness. Okay. Now we will continue with the meditation reporting, followed by whatever question you have. You can ask whatever question relating to the meditation, to the teaching, and also relating to life, how you can apply what you have learned thus far to help you understand life and live life. Okay, the mic is in front here. You have to raise your hand, then we will pass it to you. Anybody? Nobody has any meditation to report. Then do you have any questions? <laughs> okay, otherwise we go through last Sunday. Huh? Last Sunday there is a outline, short notes. Huh? You turn to my Kayana Mita. Hmm. Okay. Uh, So 7 of May, yeah? my Kainamita, I think the first one. Yeah. Okay, outline short notes for Sunday class dated 5th of May, yeah? reference book, Beatty's transcript book on cultivating the Bodhisattva way, pages 73 to 77. Yeah? Okay. Point number one. Bertil explained the benefits and significance of taking the Bodhisattva vows, and they are as follow. When we take the Bodhisattva vow with deep faith and sincerity, we get to immediately plant the Bodhisattva and the altruistic Bodhisattva deep into our nature or deep inside our consciousness and nature. This will give rise to causes and conditions and understanding to drive us diligently cultivate. Sorry, I'll read again. This will give rise to causes and conditions 
and understanding to drive us to diligently cultivate to grow in wisdom, love and compassion quickly, thereby weakening our propensity to do evil. We no longer live in fear and insecurity, born of self-delusion because we come for the living beings. So this aspect or this particular benefits is very useful. First, you get to plant the seed of Bohi to arise the Bohi mind. Then after that, you will have the understanding based on the vows and whatever aspiration that you have made to cultivate this way with understanding. Then when you start to do that, you will develop all the virtue, the wisdom, the love, the compassion, the renunciation. Then you will weaken your propensity to do evil, means you will have less tendency to arise the evil roots. Then you no longer live in fear and insecurity, born of self-delusion. Means as you cultivate, you develop the enlightenment, the straightening of you, the understanding. Then you no longer live in fear and insecurity, because of self-delusion. Slowly, you would have eradicated it or rooted it out. And also because you come for the living being, your sense of self will all be severe. So after self-delusion is severe, wisdom leading to further stability of mind means the five spiritual faculty will arise. It is no more about the me only. So this five spiritual faculty is most important. Once it's developed, it will overcome the mental hindrance and you are in the meditative state all the time throughout the day. You don't have to train your mind anymore. That is the advantage of going this way. And the spiritual faculty will be developed because of your vow, your commitment, your sincerity, your faith, and all the other related virtues. Then you will also take the three sets of pure precepts and the four great vows of the Bodhisattva. And this itself will generate vast merits as it leads to a lot of wholesomeness and ultimately Buddhahood, which is beyond the self, beyond thought, beyond all marks and all duality. Then the vows will remain with us no matter how many lifetimes it takes for us to realize the complete enlightenment, and it will always remain deep-rooted in our nature. Then there's a note. Thus, in an immediate and very concrete way, after receiving the Bodhisattva precepts, you are benefiting sentient beings, a deed that generates vast amount of merits and it is in this way that we undertake the practice of the three sets of pure precepts to deliver all sentient beings. The observation of these precepts actualize our intention as put forth in the four great vow and set us decisively and firmly on this 
Bodhisattva way. So this benefits you go through it, you will start to understand eh, the beauty of going this way, the significance of going this way, eh, and all the great benefits that come with it. Mm. Then point number two, do not fear breaking the precept where it will not erase the vow that are taken unless one expresses the intent or intention to abandon the Bohemian. Breaking precept will always, sorry, breaking precept will allow you to learn from them. And we will understand that it is never worthwhile to break the precept. We can perfect our cultivation to the point that it is impossible to break the precepts. So these are the two things that you have to understand about precepts. Eh? That's why the Buddha phrased it in such a way, we undertake the training rule to abstain. Eh? We try our very best to abstain from doing all those things. So it's a training for you. Eh? When you understand the precept actually is your teacher. You're supposed to undertake the training rule to train yourself by observing all these precepts. So when you do that, what do you develop? You develop mindfulness. Otherwise, you cannot do it. The training rule is to develop the daily mindfulness to see clearly your defilement, to see clearly your mental intention, then to understand what constitutes evil, then to understand the precept very well. So all this training is actually a form of meditation that helps you to develop mindfulness, wisdom and understanding. So precepts are very important. Precepts can bring forth the cultivation. Then number three. When we are ever mindful, our mind will be very still with inner awareness. It will be in the meditative state to awaken to the truth. To do this, we must develop the initial wisdom called Yoniso Manasikara, born of the first and second turning wisdom needed to straighten our wrong view. Then with less avijjana, our mind will become quieter, leading to more stable mindfulness to enable us to cultivate the sati sampajana, means mindfulness and clear comprehension of all movement and all action in the present moment. Daily mindfulness leading to the stability of mind is very important. So sati sampajana is very important. Without sati sampajana, you cannot see a lot of things. It's only with the sati sampajana, the daily mindfulness with clear comprehension, very stable, until throughout the day you are almost heedful. Then you are destined for enlightenment. So without this, there is no sense restraint. You can never really keep your precept. You can never really cultivate sense restraint. That's why the initial wisdom leading to the daily mindfulness is very important. Yeah? You all can remember? How does the initial wisdom lead to improvement in daily mindfulness? 
you all have to develop this understanding, otherwise you all cannot progress. Yeah? Okay, we go through. Yeah? This is a revision. <coughs> So this initial wisdom or Yoniso Manesikara. How do you develop them? Yeah? How do you develop them? You have to understand, otherwise how do you cultivate? Yeah? How do, How you, do develop you develop this? this? Huh? Huh? Ah, ah, you have to you reflect, reflect and contemplate. First, first, you listen, you listen to the, the Dhamma, 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 understand? The Avijja Sutta, so fast forgotten already. What is, what the, is the first step? step? <laughs> there, there are ten steps step for you, you to go through, for you to realize enlightenment. What is the first step in the Avijja Sutta to reverse the Avijja cycle? <laughs> ah, to have Dhamma friends. And this one all Kayaramita have. You remember? I already told you as Kayaramita you will have at least the first three. So after you have Kayaramita or Dhamma friend, what is the next Step. Huh? What is what the next, is the next step? step? Huh? Ah, ah, listening to the Dhamma. That's, that's why you come, come for the, the classes. classes. And when, and when you, you listen, listen to the Dhamma, Dhamma what, what did you develop? You listen, is it? Through hearing, what do you develop? What type of wisdom do you develop? Sutta the first turning wisdom. That's how the initial wisdom come about. Then what else did the Buddha ask you to do? Contemplate the five daily contemplation. Every day contemplate. This will give you the initial wisdom that this body is not you. This body go the way of nature. That's why this body yeah, is of the nature to grow old, get sick and die. For it has not gone beyond old age, sickness and death. These are the essential Dhamma that will give you the essential initial wisdom so that you do not cling to this body. When this reality arises, all age, sickness and death is a common reality for all mankind, for all living beings. Not only you go through, every living being that has form and mind go through. If all this you cannot understand, you will never progress, I tell you. That's why these people who really cultivate, they understand, then like Brother Eric said, you must put into practice. What you have understood. A lot of people listen, think they understand, but they never really put it into practice. That's why if you do that, you will not really progress. It will not benefit you much. You may have Dhamma knowledge. No use. So as you listen to the Dhamma, 
the first turning wisdom will come about. Then like Brother Song said, you reflect, you contemplate into it, you inquire into it. What do you develop? Huh? When you do that, what do you develop? <laughs> when you reflect, contemplate, inquire, what is the wisdom that comes out of it? Second turning wisdom, the three turning all forgotten. Listening, Suttamaya Panya. Then reflect into it. Why did the Buddha say that? Why did the Buddha ask me to do all this? Then when you reflect, contemplate, you inquire, you develop stability of understanding leading to Chintamaya Panya, which is the second turning wisdom. So this first and second turning wisdom is what initial wisdom is all about. So these are the first and second turning wisdom developed after listening to the Dhamma. You understand? Huh? And this one you must be doing every day. By now you still don't know this, then how can you develop the progress? Then after you finish this, this one is before the initial wisdom comes. After you listen to the Dhamma, first you have Dhamma friend, then you listen to the true Dhamma. Then you develop this first and second turning wisdom. As this first and second turning wisdom arise, before all arise, one by one start to arise, even the Dhammapada verse 1 and 2. You can put it to test, investigate on it, then you realize it stand up to investigation. Then what happened? Huh? When you put it to test, all the essential Dhamma, then you realize it stand up to investigation. What will happen to you? Your faith in the Buddha Dharma will be enhanced, a very strong because it stands out to investigation. Then your virya also there. So the third step is what? Faith and virya develop faith in the triple gem. Then after that, the fourth step is initial wisdom. This is how this one arises. Do you understand? Then when you have initial wisdom, the Buddha said, only can your mind, like what I explained just now, after this initial wisdom come about, means you straighten your view. You have first and second turning wisdom, it will straighten your view. Then what happened to your avijja? Huh? Your avijja is weakened, isn't it? Your propensity to do evil is less, isn't it? Then avijja pachya sankara will be weakened, isn't it? True or not? When avijja pachya sankara is weakened, you have less sankara, means less thinking. True or not? Then you have more and more moment of mindfulness. And obviously, without this initial wisdom, your daily mindfulness cannot come about. That's why with this, only your daily mindfulness come about. After your daily mindfulness come about, that is the fifth step. 
then after that, only you can have sense restraint. You can really keep your precept. Otherwise, you can't. That's why daily mindfulness is very important. Sati Sampajana. Then when you have your sense restraint, then only you can keep your precept. That's why you can have your three way of right conduct after that. And that is a seventh step. Then only you cultivate your Satipatthana Sutta, the four foundation of mindfulness. Otherwise you cannot. You're wasting your time. So these are the steps that you have to go through. And as Kayamita, the first three you already have. Ah, somebody come and write. Huh? Step, Step one, one, right from, right the, from bottom. the bottom. Ah. Ah. Whose, Whose writing, writing is nice? Is nice. Ah. 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 Tell me, tell, tell me, me, come. Tell me, come. Ah. Ah. Right, right from, from the bottom, bottom here. here. Ah. Step, Step one. one. Step, Step one, one is, is to have Dharma friends. friends. Ah. Ah. No, no, from, from the bottom, bottom up. up. Oh, you want to start from the top? Okay, okay, can, can, can. Avijasutta. Oh, double, oh, double J, J, double J, J. double J. Uh, double J. Uh, step one, having Dharma friends. The Sahikayana is 100% of, of the holy life. life. Everything, Everything starts with Dharma friends. Then step two is on. Ah, you have, ah, the, you have the, the opportunity to listen to the true Dhamma. Then after you listen to the true Dhamma, you develop the first and second turning wisdom. Because as you listen, the first turning wisdom come about. Then you reflect, contemplate, you inquire, second turning wisdom come about. Then you have faith. The step three is faith in the triple gem. Oh no, oh no no this, this one, one is, is this one is not number three. three. This, this one, one is next to it, bracket. bracket. Uh, uh, bracket. Oh never mind, you put bracket, put bracket, uh, put bracket put then drop off number three. So listening to the true Dharma allow you to put the word allow you to develop to develop first and second turning wisdom. So bracket can take off. Uh. Then, then number, number three, three. Uh, step three. Mm. Faith. Uh. Why don't you all go to the website? Huh? Go to the website and see what the website write. See whether I have told you the right thing or not. Uh. Uh. Then number four. Ah, ah, initial, initial wisdom. wisdom. Uh, 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 number four. Uh, 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 initial, initial wisdom developed. Develop. Uh, uh, yeah. okay. okay, can somebody... somebody oh, uh, let, uh, uh, you all turn to that page. Uh, I try to get it from here. I remember I got to keep a copy here. Ah, yes. I keep a copy here. So easy for you. 
โอเคครับครับเต็มไหมครับ so this one one to ten นะ now reverse order นะ then you read up you read up use the mic to read up from the bottom up then after that you write it down read from the bottom up step one step one Association with good dharma and spiritual friends, Kalaya Mitas. Number two, listening to true dharma and nutriment for this. Is. Ah, no need to read the nutriment. That one we know already. Number three. Number three, confident faith, sada in Buddha dharma and sangha. So so far correct lah. Correct, huh? The fourth one? Wise consideration, yoni so manasikara. Correct, huh? The fifth one is what? Mindfulness and clear comprehension. Sati sambajana. Now write down. Why I don't have to remember? Because this is a natural sequence of the cultivation, understand? You go through the cultivation, this unnatural sequence, and it will appear for you to understand. So with the Sutta makes so clear, that's like the Buddha's ability to actually allow his teaching to be understood so clearly is because he has this ability to simplify things, to let you really understand. No need to write all the essential one and all. Miss mindfulness and clear comprehension and all ready. Ah, sati sambajana. Ah, okay. Then number six. Ah, sense restraint. Correct or not? Just now did I tell you that? Then after that, the three way of right conduct or good conduct. Then only you can cultivate the four foundation of mindfulness. And all this is in the Avijja Sutta. It's not I say at all. I say is fair enough. You go and doubt because you don't know what my nature is. But this one is from the Buddha. It's not Brother Teo say at all. Then number eight. Only you go for the four foundation of Mindfulness. Then after that, the seven factor of enlightenment will arise. Then you have full knowledge and enlightenment, leading to full knowledge, yeah, and direct knowledge and vision of the truth or reality, leading to enlightenment. Seven factors of enlightenment. Very good. Once the seven factor of enlightenment arise, you know you are on the right path. Otherwise, the enlightenment factor cannot arise. And this is very important. Then once the factor of enlightenment arise, you are destined for enlightenment. So there, there is no more doubt. That's why you will realize the final one. Enlightenment in the here and the now. 
Uh, very good. Okay, thank you so much. Huh? So we go through. Huh? Okay. So this one is in the website. You go to the first. Uh, oh, sorry, second itinerary of the. Once you go to the website, there is a menu. Huh? A menu. So the first page is, I think, about the latest announcement and all those things. Then about our uh, website. So this about, you go in and read. That one is very important. Then somewhere in the third or fourth uh, section, I purposely put the Abhijja Sutta there. So this Abhijja Sutta is very important. As I, I read to you. There are, there are two, two sequences discussed in this Avijja Sutta. Each of the factors in both sequences have its own nutriment. So initially you have the Avijja sequence. Means how through ignorance the mental hindrance, the five mental hindrance arise. Then it will condition your downfall. Then it will give rise to the three way of bad conduct via body, mind, and speech. Then after that, when you have the three way of bad conduct, means you don't have sense restraint. You have unrestrained sense faculty. And because of this lack of sense restraint, the reason is lack of mindfulness. Sati Sampajana. And the reason for the lack of mindfulness is you don't have wise attention. You don't have the initial wisdom. You act heedlessly. And the reason why you don't have the initial wisdom and you act heedlessly is you don't have faith in the Dhamma, in the Buddha, and the Sangha, the Triple Jam. And the reason why you don't develop the faith is because you fail to listen to the true Dhamma. And the reason why you fail to listen to it through the mind is that you don't have the condition to do so. And the main one is you lack Dhamma friends, Kayanamitas. So not associating with good Dhamma friends or spiritual friends is the cause of downfall. So everything starts with that. That's why the Buddha said, again, you can see association with Dhamma friends or spiritual friends or Kayanamita is a prerequisite needed to arrive at that path that ends in true knowledge and vision leading to enlightenment. This is the reason why the Buddha clearly instructed us, we are saying to Venerable Ananda, having Dhamma friends, spiritual friends or noble friends of Kayanamita is 100% of the holy life. Hence developing and promoting true Kayanamita shape among all Buddhists within the Buddhist community is most important. That's why Kayanamita shape is the most important. That's the reason why I call our grouping Kayanamita, Brother Theo's Kayanamita, and nothing else. We are all Dhamma friends because we walk the path of Dhamma and we develop this understanding because we have the clear understanding of the Buddha's teaching. Without Kayanamita shape, we cannot start. That's why everything starts with Kayanamita shape. Through our Kayanamita shape, our organization, our setup, what do we do? 
Yeah? You read our activity under the website, you will know. Our main activity is what? Huh? We go through now. You have your Tuesday class? Then? <laughs> you only know Sunday class, huh? where you come to Sunday class. We have our Tuesday class, we have our Thursday class, we have our Sunday class. Then what else? Ah, house dana, spiritual trip. Then people invite us, we go, understand or not? When there is condition, then we have our annual retreat. We have all this spiritual, or what we call our Buddhist activity that are conducive for developing the progress in meditation, in understanding the Buddha Dharma. And most of these sessions, what are they? They entail what? They entail meditation, learning of the teaching, then developing the understanding. Understand? And every of these sessions you attend, yeah? we also have the puja and all those things. You will develop all the ten meritorious actions. You will develop wholesomeness. The ten meritorious actions are very useful, very powerful. You will do dana, sila, bhavana. This first three is very easy to do. Because when you rejoice, radiate love and metta, and when you attend all these sessions, you got a lot of opportunity to develop the generous heart. Understand? That, that is willing to share whatever you understand with people. The generous heart to radiate love and matter, share understanding. Then you can also rejoice. Then you keep your precept, you renew your precept. It's one of the meritorious action too. Then you develop the meditation. Then you inquire, you ask questions, you straighten your view. You develop first and second turning wisdom. You listen to the Dhamma. Then, after listening to the Dhamma, you straighten your view. Then you rejoice. Again, marital section. Then you share merit. You transfer merit. Then you provide service to the community. So all these are marital sections, leading to a lot of wholesomeness. And it will reduce your propensity to be heedless, to do evil. This is how you progress. And one of these sessions, if you do it with understanding and faith, is so much better than a person who doesn't go through any of this Dhamma activity, who live maybe a hundred years of life. No use. They can't even match the wholesomeness of merits that you receive through attending any one of these sessions. Then after that, when you have the condition and the understanding to take the Bodhisattva vow to go this way, you generate vast amount of merit, which is way beyond what you can even imagine or perceive. That's why when you have this understanding, you become so different. And maybe you all don't see the importance of all this sharing leading to the website. These are real gems inside there. And you don't make use of it. You will stand to regret. Because they are all prepared properly for you through all the conditions that arise. 
it happened naturally by itself because of the condition. And all this come about because of this nature's vow, this nature's what they call affinity with all the beings and its duty, the thing that is supposed to come and do. So all these are the conditions behind. And then also, of course, your condition as Kayanamita. Otherwise, this thing cannot happen. And you have that condition. You are, in fact, very blessed. You have your past. The only thing is you don't realize it. You don't understand it until you really go into it. Because this is everything that you need. They are all there. If only you need to have the patience, the sincerity, the faith to listen attentively and make the note and have the joy after you understand all this. And these are all given to you free. There is no cost. It's like mother's love, zero cost. Understand? Today you receive a lot of WhatsApp on Mother's Day. And this is the greatest gift for mankind, the Buddha Dharma. So when you understand all this, how our website come about, how all this Avijja Sutta can help you to develop the understanding, to realize the enlightenment, and reverse the Avijja cycle, then you check whether you have done it or not. To check whether you have done it or not also so lazy. Then how to progress? Then as Kayamita already said, the first three steps you must have. So the first step, everybody has, true or not? Yeah? Having true Dharma friends or Kayamita, yeah, or spiritual friends. So you all have. Then, do you have opportunity to listen to the true Dharma? Do you have? You have them, isn't it? So when you listen to the true Dharma, it allows you to Develop the first and second turning wisdom. Why don't you go and reflect, contemplate, inquire, and develop this initial wisdom? Then when you stand up to investigation, what happened? Your faith, the third step is developed. The faith in the triple jam. The moment you have this, you will move. you got no more doubt in the Buddha and his teaching. And the, the Aryan disciple of the Buddha. So this one will drive you, your faith. Sada will lead to Virya. Then Virya will lead to Sati. Then after that, you will be very diligent in listening to the Dhamma, the recording, all everything that is in the website, all the notes, the transcript, the short note, everything is there. Why don't you pay attention? Read through it, understand it, write it down. Otherwise you read, it becomes Dhamma knowledge. It's not going to help you. You had to, to put it into, into practice. You had to, to see the Dhamma in your own form and mind. You had to awaken to all these words. This word is not the thing. This word are Dhamma words that point towards enlightenment. You had to realize it to awaken. That's why the moment you have the initial wisdom, like I explained just now, because you have straightened your view, you weaken your what? Avicca, understand? Then we come, right? Initial wisdom, weaken avicca. Weaken avicca. Because I realize every small thing not written, you all don't seem to understand. 
You go back maybe tomorrow you forgot already. Huh? How the initial wisdom reduce my sangara? Because it weakens avijja. So the first link of paticca samupada is what? Avijja pacya. So once avijja is weakened, sangara reduce. Means you have more and more moment of mindfulness. True or not? Then when you have more and more moment of mindfulness. You can, you can develop, develop mindfulness and clear comprehension, sati sambajana, in your daily. That's why I say this number five and number four are the two you all should be working at. For some of them, like some, or they have already finished this. But I realize most kaimana has the first three. You only need to work on the fourth and the fifth. Why don't you just work on these two? So the fourth one is to go back to this number two, listen to the true Dhamma, develop the Suttamaya Panya, the first turning wisdom, reflect, contemplate. Then all the essential Dhamma, the five daily contemplation, Dhamma Pada verse 1 and 2, 21, 22, 23. Ah. Put them into practice and confirm them, investigate into them. Then. You, you develop the second turning wisdom through reflection, contemplation, and inquiry. Why did the Buddha say this? How can I understand this? Uh, then when these are developed, the first and second turning wisdom, once you hit the number four, the initial wisdom already there, every moment of sense experience, your mind will not stir like before. That's why you will have more and more, more moments of mindfulness, awareness. That's how your mind settles down. And you and become, become more and more calm, more and more, and more peaceful, peaceful, more and more, more away. And the and space between thought extended until, until your daily mindfulness stabilizes. Then only you can really cultivate. I used to say before your daily mindfulness stabilizes, there is no real meditation. The real meditation starts here. Then only you can see your defilement. Then only you can apply the four right effort. Sense restraint. You, you cannot have, have the mindfulness, stability of mindfulness and clear comprehension to see clearly your defilement, your subtle greed, your subtle emotion, your fear, your insecurity, your deceitfulness, your cunningness. All this. Then you cannot have sense restraint. Your every moment of consciousness, seeing, hearing, smell, taste, tactile, or thought, you stir your mind, you react. Why do you do that? Because of your Deluded thinking, heedless thinking, born of what? Born of memory. Because this memory is full of views, opinion, and conditioning. Your accumulated phobia, fear, insecurity, all this negativity of mind state, they are all there. And because of that, you cannot have sense restraint. That's why you need this mindfulness and clear to see clearly. Then the moment you see, you apply the right effort to abandon that. And there are five ways that the Buddha taught. Use the third way and the fourth way, the meditative way, to reverse all this. Initially is be aware, silent, to experience it. Means when that emotion arises, that defilement arises, just like the Buddha explained under the Satipatthana Sutta, the practice, later on you will do it after you have the sense restraint 
and the three way of coconut. Then you come to the four foundation of mindfulness. Then inside here is explained very clearly. Mindfulness are the five mental hindrances. When the mental hindrance of sensual desire or ill will or restlessness or doubt or even what they call sloth and topper is there, you must be aware. Aware means what? Aware means you just silence your mind, be with it. Then you realize it ceases. Then what happened? Through that understanding, you will come to know how the arisen mental hindrance ceases to be. True or not? There is the wisdom. And how does it cease to be? By not doing anything. Why? Because these are movements of mind. These fear, worry, anxieties, sensual desire, ill will, they are dependent originating mind state born of psychiatry, wrong view. And they arise through condition. So if I just silent and aware, like what the Buddha thought, he gives the Vulokar analogy that goes through the pool of water, the moment you go through, you stir, the dust come out, the murky thing come out. Your mind is the same. The moment you react and stir with wrong view, the defilement come out. Then this defilement is not intrinsic in you. They are not real. They are dependent originally. And to understand that, you must meditate, silent and be with it. Then when you see it cease, then your heart becomes peaceful again. There is clarity, stillness, then like very light inside there. Nothing. No more of those agitation, lack of peace, stirring, reacting, emotion. No more. Cease. Then you realize, that is the way to end all this. I don't have to do anything. Where the natural state of mind before the stirring is the natural state of the true mind, which is stillness, without thought, without emotion, without anything. That's why it's just inner peace, inner awareness, without words. Realize that true mind. If you cannot realize that, you cannot progress. So the moment you realize that, then you will understand what the Buddha said. Trace the origination factor. Before that emotion or mental hindrance arise, it was not there. Then how did it arise? It arise through your senses. Because when you see something, then you react to it, it arise. Or you hear something, you react to it, it arise. Even smell, taste, tactile and thought is the same. Then you realize, why must I every time stir my mind and react and create mental hindrance? Create all this defilement. I need to straighten my view. Well, I don't have right view. That's why this initial wisdom, Yonisukmanasikara, is very important. And this first and second turning wisdom is not powerful enough. Unless you have cultivated before, then it can awaken. Otherwise, it just gives you the initial wisdom, which is not the third turning wisdom. The third turning wisdom is bhavana maya panya, means awakening. In the third turning, you remember the Buddha said, this noble truth of dukkha has already been understood. Means, you already awakened. You understood what dukkha is, the cause of its arising, the cessation, and the path that leads to the cessation. Because you know what Dukkha is. So this is how the third turning is always about enlightenment. Where it's true, Bhavanamaya Panya. It's 
awakening born of the direct sea, born of meditative training, the silent mind. So all this will lead you to the clear understanding. Then when you start to understand this, then you will understand why the Buddha said, you will come to know how the unarisen mental hindrance or defilement come to be. Because they, they arise through your wrong view. Then after you have straightened your view, the Buddha said, you will also come to understand how in the future this defilement will not arise. Well, you already have your wisdom, straighten your view, and you already have the insight. That's why the four foundations of mindfulness will give rise to the seven-factor enlightenment that will lead to the enlightenment. And this 10-step is not difficult, I tell you. Your only difficulty is step four and five. Step four is relatively easy. Just reflect, contemplate, inquire, and listen to the Dhamma. Miss, have faith. Go into the website. Listen, you should thank the website people, especially all the people who record the Tuesday class, Thursday class, Sunday class, and do the short note, and also Pamkasuri, Brother Tiu, Jin Hao, Sui An that actually take care of the website, including Brother Lao. And you go inside there, you listen, all these steps you will fulfill. Then the only thing you have to work on is step number five. The moment you hit this, Sati Samajana, daily mindfulness, you are home. This one means you develop heedfulness. The moment you can hit this, you will develop heedfulness. So once you have Sati Samajana, means you will have heedfulness. Otherwise, you cannot have heedfulness. And the heedful never die. You are destined for enlightenment. That's why this is very, very important. So work on this. Then automatically the sense restraint is there, your precept is there, the three way of right conduct is there, means noble effort path, more or less established. That's why when you hit step seven, before even you go into the four foundation of mindfulness, you are at least a sotapan, I tell you. And some may even develop ability to become a sakatagami. Yeah. That's the reason why under the four foundation of mindfulness, you know what the Buddha said in the final summary? If you cultivate this maximum seven years, what will you realize? At least anagami. You remember? If there is still minor uh, conceit, otherwise you will be an arahan. Why did he say that? Because when you reach step A, a seven before step eight, you are at least a sotapan already. And chances are you can even hit Sakadagami. Well, from sotapan to Sakadagami is not difficult. The sotapan severe the first three fetters. Huh? You know the first three fetters, isn't it? What are they? Huh? The first one is Sakayaditi. You see that. Then no more rites and ritual. Remember? And your faith in the triple gem is unshakable. Because you understand all this. Then the second stage of sainthood, you only attenuate, means reduce the next two fetters. And they are just sensual desire and you will. And at the second stage of sainthood, your sensual desire and you will is just attenuated, means reduce. 
That's why after you do the four foundation of mindfulness, it will root it out. That's why you become at least an anagami. When the first five factors are rooted out. Then the last five, you will realize arahanship. You can root it out. So all these are very clear and clearly spelled out in the teaching. Then if you do it according to this, you only need to work on step 4 and 5. And step 4 is relatively so much easier than step 5. And step 5 for those who have the faith, the sincerity and the diligence, also not difficult, very easy. For me, in the year 1988 or 87, this daily mindfulness came within two weeks when I determined to do. And it can be done, especially now, within this sasana. Okay? So clear? Yeah. Okay. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So you go back and read the rest of the short notes. Huh? Yeah. Then maybe next, oh, next week, no class. Huh? Cancel. After Vesa. We come back, we see how. We may go through the, the outline short note or not. But I want you to go back and read first. Yeah, Chui. Yeah, yeah, pass the mic, the mic yeah. for the for recording. The recording. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brother Thank you, Brother Tio. That was Tio. very, very good. Um, the one thing I noticed is that the mind is very tricky and, you know, we sometimes, we think we know, but then we forget and all that sort of thing. So maybe it's a good, I mean, I'm not here for a very long time and then I'm away, but maybe a good idea would be, you give us homework and we read and we do that so that we can, we, we can you know, we can really absorb what you're saying at this particular time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your uh, good suggestion, Chui. Uh, uh, just, just leave the mic there. Uh, yeah. I, think I think what Chui has uh, suggested is very really good. good. But, but for me, me I'm not I'm going not to give you homework. homework. There is nothing, nothing to do with me. me. Yeah. It's, it's about you. you. If you if are you not are serious, serious, even if I give you homework, homework it, doesn't it doesn't work. Understand? Ah, Chui, yes. I shouldn't use the word homework. Yeah, I think yeah, it's not yeah. quite right. Yeah, but yeah. maybe you just say stress the, the importance. Uh, yeah, stress the importance yeah, of the yeah, areas yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, go through yeah, and yeah. read pages such and such to such yeah, and yeah, such. Yeah. And then we deal only with those pages and everybody, if everybody yeah, yeah. comes prepared, we can do more sharing. That, that's why I say, friends here. That's, that is what precisely I have been sharing today. And if you really listen, almost every session I repeated it. But you all didn't pick it up because you are not the... Of course, there are a few who pick it up. You are not the really serious one. The really serious one, they will never miss. I tell you, this type of sharing, I tell you, for those who have the past, they will have a lot of joy and everything is so beautiful and they will go back and listen to it again and again for at least three to five times. Some of them go listen to it for ten times. But every time you listen, it's different again. Every time you listen, it's different again. And like Chui suggests, stress on the important one. I already stress so many times. So now we go through one more time, okay? Having Dhamma friend, no need to explain already, okay? You already know. Listening to the true Dhamma, 
you have done it, isn't it? But have you really done it with understanding and sincerity? You listen to Dhamma knowledge or what? Because if you listen and accumulate as Dhamma knowledge, you don't put it into practice, you are not going to learn. You understand? So what is the practice? Listen and try to understand. If you cannot, never mind. Go for second turning, like the Buddha said. But if you have your path, listening alone will awaken you. If you don't have the path, you listen, then you go and reflect and contemplate and inquire. What will happen when you reflect, contemplate and inquire into the essential Dhamma that the Buddha has taught? Like the five daily contemplation, the five mental hindrances, the five spiritual faculty, faith in the triple gem, taking refuge, the reason for precepts, then the three right view and all those things. And all the other essential Dhamma, including the cultivation and all those things. So you have to reflect and contemplate. When you reflect and contemplate means what? It's just like the first time you hear a subject which is new to you, you, you don't quite understand. Like physics, yeah? chemistry or science or biology. Most of the time you don't quite understand. So you go back, you open up the textbook, you try to read up and develop your own understanding. Then you reflect, contemplate. Then you try to listen to whatever lecture. Nowadays, it's recorded, videos. Then as you go through, you start to stabilize what you have listened. You understand? It is through reflection, contemplation, and inquiry that you can stabilize what you have heard. Then when you start to stabilize it, you can assimilate it in. Then you can put it into practice. Do you understand? That's why the second turning, reflection and inquiry and contemplation is very important. When I reflect, I understand the subject deeper, clearer. You agree or not? Then you can put it into practice. It's like any exam or subject. If you read already, you think you know, what you should do is close the textbook. Then take out a piece of blank paper, write it out. If you can put it in words, then you understand. Like this Avijasutta. Don't look at the notes. After you develop the second turning, the reflection on them, then try to write it out without looking at the notes. If you can express it in your own words, means you are ready to cultivate. Because at least you can write it out. Means you have reflected, contemplated, it has stabilized, and you know what these steps are. Then you go into it. All this you have to do. Otherwise, you cannot progress. Otherwise, it becomes Dhamma knowledge. Then every time the question comes, Oh, Avijja Sutta, okay, i on the website. Then, rattle like a parrot. It's not going to help you, understand? This one, why did I do it without referring to anything? And how can I remember? You think I go and remember? I don't remember anything. When I read this sutta, I jump with joy because this is how I cultivated. And I realized these are the steps I went through. You remember my teacher told me, contemplate, reflect, until very, very clear. The message came no less than six times from my teacher, Acharya And this I have been doing since the early days.
That's why when I reflect and contemplate, I understand things very deeply, very clearly. And without this, the faith in the Buddha Dharma cannot come. And without the faith, the initial wisdom cannot come. But once the faith is there, you will go all out to listen, reflect, contemplate, and develop the understanding. Then put it into practice. Then you realize your life changed. You change. Character-wise, personality-wise, understanding-wise. That's why your faith becomes unshakable. Then after that, your initial wisdom is so different. The next moment you see something, hear something, the sense experience is different. You no longer like before, stir and react. Then you have more and more moment of mindfulness. That's why your sati sambajana, daily mindfulness only can come about. If you don't do this, it can never come. Now you understand? So work on this. The rest are not important. Forget about method and technique. Silent your mind. Develop the daily mindfulness. Initial wisdom first. Reflect, contemplate, all the essential Dhamma. The heart sutta alone is enough. More than enough. Everything is inside that. But don't read and accumulate as Dhamma knowledge. You can answer questions, no use. You must put it into practice. Like the four right effort. Right effort to abandon. Do it, the five way. Try it out. Find out. Then after you have the initial wisdom, you can arise the second right effort to prevent it from arising. Before this initial wisdom comes, you cannot prevent it from arising. The defilement is so powerful. You have not straightened your view. But the moment you straighten your view, you see before it can arise, that right effort to prevent it from arising can happen. Because this is how the Dhamma actually arises. Without the initial wisdom, there is no way. Where the daily mindfulness can see. The moment it sees the initial wisdom there, it will not stir, it will not react. That's why it will cease. Then the third right effort is cultivate all the wholesomeness that are still not in you. The right thought, right spirit. Go and develop the understanding. What constitutes right thought, right speech, right action? Write it down, the whole list. You cannot write it down, you cannot develop them. So all these are the homework that you're supposed to do yourself. Nobody can help you. You must have the faith. The very strong, what they call virya, to go this way. Where you see the importance of this teaching. This window is very, very critical, very important. And with all this website and all the conditions and what we are having, you are really very blessed. But if you don't make use of it, nobody can help you. Okay? We better end. Because it's a bit too late. Oh, sadhu, sadhu. Okay, we rejoice. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. 6.15, sorry. Take an extra 15 minutes of your time. So we will do the sharing of merit, transfer of merit, then blessing for the nation, then we end. Akasata Chobumata Devanaka Mahindika Punyangtang Anumoditwa Chirang Rakantuloka Sasana Itawata Chamehi Sampadan Punya Sampadan Sabe Deva Anumodantu Sapasampati Siddhiya 
อิดังเมญาตินางโหตุสุขิตาคอนตุญาตโยอิดังเมญาตินางโหตุสุขิตาคอนตุญาตโยอิดังเมญาตินางโหตุสุขิตาคอนตุญาตโยเดวะสัตุกาเลนะสัสสัมปติเหตุเชฟิโตบาวะตุโลโคจุราชาบาวะตุดามิโคอิมินาปุญญังกามินามามิบาลสมากโมสัตตังสมากโมโหตุยาวานิวานาปติยาสาดุสาดุสาดูโอเค pay respect mindfully to Lord Buddha then we end huh? and also Konyin Bodhisatta and all the other worthy one mm. thank you